The Spin-Off Podcast Network. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Oh, love the teamwork, everybody. Thank you for settling with me. (laughs) (laughs) We had no choice. So welcome along to The Real Pod. We are officially off the island of Fiji and onto the island of Australia. <laughs> we are in Married at First Sight, Australia. Is it week four? It is, isn't it? Week four? Somewhere Somehow, around there. yes. <laughs> Even though it feels like three years. <laughs> We're halfway through the experiment, Alex. I can't believe it. When will the show slow down? I I'm never. exhausted. I can't handle these twists. My name's Jane Yee. I'm joined by Duncan Grieve and Alex Casey. We have Samuel in the studio as well. And, um, wow, another another week, another chill dinner party. Just another nice time. I would just like to say I wrote a piece on the spinoff last week before I had watched this week, and I wrote about how maths has morphed into a monster of the week show, which is where every week a new villain arises to be vanquished and you never know where it's going to come from. And then this week we had Caitlin and Shannon on the couch and Shannon literally called himself a monster mm. before getting vanquished. <laughs> yeah. Accurately. Oh, that was such a great piece. Very well Thank observed. You, you are a, a soothsayer. Um, also, Josh and Melissa. So here we were. I mean, this has been a real roller coaster for us, hasn't it, Alex? Like last week we were... We were saying, oh, sorry, the week before we thought, you know, Melissa was stink, but now we think Josh is stink. And then it turns out that Melissa's been controlling. Melissa, well, yeah. It's just been, oh, they're gone. I'm glad they're gone. It's really good they're gone. That was that was an excruciating watch. I did it was like, horrible. I did enjoy Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Hallelujah. That was great. great. (laughs) Hallelujah was good. But then when you watch that poor man just crumpled on the couch. And And how oblivious she was. And those eyes are different colours, and we've never even talked about that. (laughs) There's just so much to talk about with this man. But I feel that, like, what I found interesting in the first week about Melissa is, like, I had this sort of inkling that she was kind of using the goodwill towards sex positivity and, you know, empowered women as a bit of a shield to just be a bit of a nasty person. But we didn't quite ever get the full extent of it until they sat on that couch and she said, you know, I wanted a man who's an alpha. I wanted him to be dominant and Josh was none of this and the sex was transactional and all this horrible stuff. And I was just just like, yeah, I found it interesting that there was this kind of like front of progressiveness 
that was actually hiding like pretty conservative ideas about what men and women should be? Look. That's a great take. I was blindsided this week by this. I was blindsided. I had defended Melissa pretty staunchly. And I mm. have to apologise. You don't. You don't. We're all just seen. We were just shown different portrayals and different angles. And thank you. Like no one has to apologise for for anything in terms of that. I think a very complex relationship. But I'm annoyed that they didn't show her. Con- I mean, no. Okay, it's not like I want to see him controlling her. But that was definitely not part of the narrative in terms of yeah. You know how what he can watch on TV. When who he can message, how much time he spent on his phone, who he went out with, and when he went out. Like we didn't see any of that in the narrative at all. So either she was super insidious about it, which is definitely possibility, right? I, I think the, the, insidious, insidious is not a word. Insidious. <laughs> well, I'm glad you picked that up. I was just. <laughs> I was happy to roll with it. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good sounding word though. Yeah. It should be a word. I'm just yeah, Miriam Webster. No, like I do think that that she was that was a sort of cameras off situation, but I you could also kind of feel it like in in the tone and the the way that she approached him. It was very much like, hey, just lump of human meat here's how I would like you to be like mm. I'm not particularly curious about how you are this is this is what I'm going to need from you but don't worry because we've got um Taylor and Hugo to oh see an God. excellent example of how things should be Jesus. <laughs> so introducing our new couples who got married this week well you never want to be coming in in the middle do you because your whole wedding just gets taken over by the other drama that's happening but um, also you're just like a stunt. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're yeah. never, it's not like they ever have like a nice couple come in. That's not true. There's a couple still together, Johnny and I forget her name. <laughs> but they honestly, they were wonderful a couple of years ago. You'll, you'll know them if you see them. Um, and they're still together and they were lovely all the way through and well, look, still together. Anyway. Every so often they, they, they make a mistake. I feel, I feel like Taylor and Hugo are well, maybe not going to be that couple. No. When you think about the fundamental construction of the show, right, like – the new couples come in to replace the first leavers. The first leavers are generally stunt casting, kind of intentional disasters. So, you, and you've got a few nice ones. So, for the show to work, for it to, to retain its kind of dramatic impetus, you have to be dropping in some weird ones. I mean, we've talked about T- Taylor and Hugo. What, what are they, was it? Rupert and Evelyn. Evelyn. Oh my God! Rupert's I performance love Rupert. that I'm obsessed with Rupert. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Evelyn. I yeah. am. I think, like mine eyes, she's absolutely stunning for a start. Like when she walked down the aisle, my breath was taken away, and I was mm. like, I can't believe this is real and happening to me right well, now. Same thing happened to Rupert. He didn't recover <laughs> it. Okay, my theory of Rupert, and this is me. I think that he he got into some of. Um, oh man. Basically, I think he got into the animal weed beforehand because his <laughs> eyes are bright red. He's just sort of stumbling and mumbling. He just, for all the world, looks blazed to hell and just cannot compute what the hell's going on. I think he tried to chill himself out and just over-medicate it. Both our grooms this week went very red, <laughs> like the reddest reds I've ever seen um, on various occasions. But Evelyn, I think, is just a treat, like, She's amazing. She kind of has a case of the Duncans, and it's like, how did you? How are you in a situation? Sorry, not we just just to be clear, oh, I mean, not Duncan Graves. Same, same. Duncan, no, Duncan, Duncan, best man Duncan that ever one lived. One name only. <laughs> um, and that it's like, 
how are you like so attractive and also really chill and funny and nice? Like she's, mm. she's really tolerant of poor Rupert while he's just like sweating bullets and like <laughs> beet red and making a weird bath and like seeming like he's yeah, keen, keen to get out of the second. hot bath. And she's keen to get it. Like she's like, I want to. I'm going to have some fun with him. I want to kind of like. You know, he he makes a, a pillow wall in their bed, and she's like, "No, this is not what I want." I want to, and I'm like, "How is Rupert's voluntary pillow wall when she's clearly got the horn for him against all odds? Not the weirdest thing to happen with the bed situations and uh, on the weddings this week. You think that's shocking, and then we we whipped to Taylor and Hugo. We're Taylor, who has the longest hair I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, and is a, a, a self-confessed control freak to the extreme. She doesn't compromise. Um, she, she's paired with Hugo, a, a lovable space cadet with Labrador energy, full-sized Labrador, by the way, not not puppy dog. Um, <laughs> and uh, her controlling nature comes out pretty quick and never more so than when they get to the honeymoon suite and start discussing the sleeping arrangements. Oh, and she says, you can take that freezing cold hard window seat <laughs> my new groom and I'll have the giant super king bed and then let's play a game of croquet to see who will have the bed forever yeah for but a I'm whole not, marriage let's see who's going let's go and, let's play a game of croquet to see who will have the bed forever like she whispered that last bit because the, the he didn't and hear C's, it. The T's and C's were not clear <laughs> and he seemed extremely bamboozled and angry, as he is completely right to be. I think he even said it himself where he's like, a bed is a human right. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she said, he also said to her, you want me to respect you, but doesn't it work both ways? She says, no. <laughs> Which I guess is if you don't respect someone, that's what you'd say. This woman is a nurse. <laughs> Just like, imagine she's if she... in a care profession. She How... feels like a, a nurse straight out of like a Ryan Murphy TV show. Like <laughs> she is just coming, coming for you True. with a big old-fashioned syringe and <laughs> nothing good will come of that transaction. Let's not forget in, her, in the wedding, um, she found his name was Hugo, made it clear her goat was called Hugo before promptly forgetting his name. <laughs> Incredible. Like she had something to hook it onto. And even then yeah. she couldn't remember. Just so disinterested. I that. mean, if we look at the archetypes of the two new, and I think the wives are probably the most important part, the, the men are both kind of like warm props. <laughs> Taylor's here to cause drama, as we'll see. You know, at the dinner party, she just runs in there full steam, doesn't know <laughs> anything. I know. <laughs> and Evelyn is there to, I think, turn heads and make all the other wives extremely insecure. <laughs> yes, okay, she is turning heads too, isn't she? Oh, my God. Look, the, yeah. edit, the edit is showing us one particular head being turned. Big H. Um, big H. <laughs> big H, oh, my God. There were just, like, lots of shots of when when Evelyn was walking around when she first walked in the room of, of, um, of Harrison just sort of looking over, leering. But, but Harrison's transformation into, to like... The voice of reason. The the. I mean, this is quite extraordinary. Just how brazen he is. <laughs> He's adopted this persona of like just just sort of the the woke conscience of the of the show. If she if he'd done this 
particular act that he's doing, right from the word go, he could have had just a lovely time on the television with a nice edit. I don't know. Like, when he delivers his lines, they do not scan. Like, he just seems like such a buffoon. He can't sustain it either, I guarantee it. And I feel like there's going to be an an Evelyn-shaped drama in our future. Can but pray. Can Um, I also just mention another quote of Taylor's that I love? She's just like... I don't want a man that talks. No, who does? You know? And I'm not even the tiniest little bit sorry about it. (laughs) She's not sorry about anything. The conversation over dinner is like... (laughs) You know, like, you can imagine, obviously, like, like we've already discussed her contempt for human rights. Sorry, man, are you still talking? (laughs) I can imagine her at the Hague, like Human Rights Tribunal, (laughs) discussing her crimes against... Marriage, like she's so savage. Um, and then after when they had their little like moment, she was like, "I was actually really impressed with you, um, Hugo. Forgot your name. I was really impressed with you. It's actually you've been really supportive tonight in not talking as much as I thought you were going to. So thanks for that. It's great. And all his kind of like sort of sarcastic. Oh yeah, great. Well, you're welcome, and all that kind of stuff. He's, <laughs> He's admitted defeat at this point, and he's um, he's just using it for comedic relief. Yeah. yeah, Hugo's fun. I like him. I like Hugo too. I think he knows that this is not going to be his forever love, but he's like, oh well, I'll try and get some laughs out of it while I can. Yeah, <laughs> especially because she was like openly flirting with Cameron. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Hugo, and then like talked about it in her interview. <laughs> yeah, well, Hugo's just, just there, like I don't know, fine, yeah. cool. That's the craziest <laughs> cuck situation is to, to be talking about. I think I might have found a man on this show <laughs> while your literal husband is there going, yeah, I guess this is fine. <laughs> uh, if someone walked up to you in a bar and said, "You owe me an espresso," as the opening line, what would you say? Is that a good? Is that a good pickup line? This is. Rupert's, Rupert. this is what Rupert would say to someone in a bar. Rupert would never say that to anybody. <laughs> Rupert would never walk up to anyone and talk to them. Full no. stop. It's just unimaginable. <laughs> and yet he'll get up and say in his vows, oh, my mum will be happy about the no sex before marriage thing. <laughs> Which is like, I, I, in and of itself, a good line, but delivered so with badly. just... <laughs> Extraordinary timidity, just this kind of halting mumble, which was Rupert's Rupert's approach to speech. In Cam's words, hang on, Rupert, mate, you're dusted. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm going to start using now. I really like it. Yeah, it's really good. (laughs) It's it's more Northern Territory outback slang. eh? Rupert and Evelyn did get, like, their wedding got the most awkward edit. Like, there were definitely, there was definitely some creative cutting in there, but, uh, you know, you know it's just an extension of the truth. It was so good. And on their honeymoon when she's like trying to, she's like, I'm going to try and relax them by lightening the mood. And so she's talked about how it was so cold that her nipples could key a car. (laughs) And you could just see Ripper going, (laughs) Google. Being like so red and stressed. But then like. I don't know what happened, but they turned up at the dinner party and they're like, chill. Yeah. I mean, Maybe something happened, you know, if you know what I mean. I do know what, what you mean. What could you possibly mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Explain to us, Alessandra. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> I'm proof it. <laughs> Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice.
A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Um, who do we want to talk about next? We've kind of um, done a bit of leapfrogging uh, around here. Should we talk about Jason and Clea? Oh, yes. this was Oh, this was so hard to watch. But also... This is also Adam and Janelle at the same time, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, should True. we do the bundle? The, the okay. big bad bundle. Okay, two for oh, the price of one. Oh, my God. So it becomes very clear at the start of the week, Claire has a secret. Mm. And that woman cannot hide it on her face physically. You know, she goes mm. to this wedding, this new wedding, and it takes her back to her and Jesse's wedding day. And she vomits. She could hide it for a few weeks. I think basically <laughs> she... No, this is true. This is true, actually. And she could lie to everybody's face. Because there is that <laughs> one scene where she really rips into him over his jealousy, which still doesn't sit well with me. But the I think basically over the, the last week she's got feelings and now she's like, I can't... Th- this needs to be cleared, yeah. even if it's at the cost of our relationship. And, yeah, that, that whole thing is... A, it's like really nicely cut, but... But um, yeah, that, it's just it's it's a very sad sad situation on their side. Yes, um, Janelle has dodged a major bullet. Adam is horrendous. Wow. We knew, we knew, we knew. I just didn't know how how bad. But I think that the one thing I would say about Adam is like the man has a future in sales because he just needs two minutes of your time. <laughs> It's so amazing. Oh, my God. How do you feel about donating some prizes for my prize <laughs> website? I'm looking, for a, I'm looking for a podcast sponsor. Yeah, he should call his podcast Two Minutes of Your Time. Two Minutes of Your Time. It's, it's about the emergent cryptocurrency space. Do you think that's <laughs> what all he... all the prizes that go along with it. Do you think that he, that was what he said to Clee before he kissed her? I just need two minutes of your time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Okay, so oh they, were, they were, you know... They were uh, on a drunken night out. They had a pash. Uh, at the time, things between Jesse and Claire were very, very not good. Just hitting the vape out front. Uh, yeah, all this stuff coming out. And we were seeing vapes on, um, just like sitting on. There's a little bit more kind of like non-set-up conversations happening where cameras are just like striding into a room unprepared, mm. um, which I'm enjoying because that's when you catch like little vapes sitting on um, coffee <laughs> tables and so on. But uh, they had this kiss Jesse and Claire doing great, not doing great. Adam and Janelle, we've got two different stories going on here. Adam's mm. like, it was very bad. She questioned what I do for a job one time. <laughs> why, why not? And why not? Like, you've been, like, it's a real crazy job that you've had. But the delivery of Janelle saying, I kissed you goodbye before you went out that night, and you came home and had sex with me after oh you'd kissed God. Claire was just, like, it was so damning. And then Adam's, like, complete inability to to kind of reconcile that or even to, to sort of understand why people would potentially have an issue with the kiss Claire, fuck Janelle, like, ten minutes later scenario. It's super gross and it definitely obviously doesn't support his theory that things were bad between him and Janelle. Which, according to her, is like, Literally, there was no time. There was like a, we just met and we have to grow a relationship. But there was no bad. We've never seen any bad. 
I also feel like part of this that has kind of been underplayed or not really addressed as much until, unfortunately, Big H pointed it out, is that relentless, truly, genuinely, appropriately used gaslighting mm. of Jesse. Yeah. Like Adam saying to Jesse, you're paranoid, mate. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Because when Jesse found out, I mean, when Jesse found out about the kiss, it was an extraordinary sequence. When it was. he door stopped Adam, looking like the actual Babadook, <laughs> being like, <laughs> We're going for a walk, mate. Get your shoes. And I was like, what is he going to do? Get your shoes is crazy. It's very, I'm going to hang you out of the balcony. That's right. Oh, yeah, he was like, and grab your balls while you're there. <laughs> and then he, he I mean, it's got to be. balls chat this week. It's got to be extremely <laughs> obvious at this point to Adam what's going on. And Jesse gives him the opportunity time and again to just own it. Just, you know what we're talking about. I want to hear you say it out loud. And Adam's still hedging his bets that maybe it's not maybe it's not that kiss with Claire. Maybe yeah. he's up, maybe he's upset. Yeah. He put his red maybe. t-shirt in with his white socks. I don't know. I just he's still waiting on the prize. He's still waiting on the prize from the website. Yeah, no, I've I've, 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 I've talked to the distribution center about that, mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a whole, honestly a huge explosive sequence, and then Janelle finding out, um, and he walked in apparently. So we didn't see this. And this was a little bit of behind the scenes kind of breaking the fourth wall style where um, we saw him telling Janelle as if the camera had just come into the room, but then she reveals later actually he'd already told her. Had he? I thought. Yeah, no, before the camera got there. That's why her. Well, I thought it was preamble, like he was just doing some kind of getting her ready for a big tell. Sort of, but he just walked in the room and was like, oh, they found out I kissed Claire. <laughs> oh. Fair dinkum. Oh. <laughs> so badly handled. <laughs> He's such a botch machine. <laughs> dinner party when he's like, look, nobody at this table has taken this harder than myself. (laughs) (laughs) And the person I feel the most sorry for here who's had the hardest time is my man Jesse. And Harrison, again, I mean, you know, absolute, we don't love him, but he came in with the quick, not your wife, which was Mm. obviously what we were all thinking. It was just, but it does tell you, like, Adam's worldview is there is the bro code. And then somewhere down in your like your scratchy card wrappers from your competition website is your marriage. <laughs> like it's really does not rate. Jesse held himself so well during this whole thing. Yeah, uh, and so I'm to and so did Claire. Like mm. it's exactly yeah. as the experts called it. She delivered um, a proper apology. There was no but. I mean, she did have an excellent example proceeding of absolutely what not to do like do the absolute opposite of whatever Adam just did and you're golden mm. um and Jesse just he basically just didn't want to be there so he didn't want to have to talk about it he just wanted mm. to sort of let it all happen around him um and in the end uh Claire saved him from a super awkward relation relationship conversation with Adam in which Adam was just, just again blaming just Janelle two, two minutes of your time to basically <laughs> talk about how bad Janelle is <laughs> I just really need to clear the air with you about how stink Janelle is. Claire arrives, saves Jesse from that conversation, and then they end up having kind of another heart-to-heart um, and do a beautiful Irish exit from the dinner party and together. And a little hug. Incredible. A little audio hug. Yeah. The best so kind. So they're very classily handled. Like, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jesse. They also had that little, like, a fist bump moment at yes. the dinner table. Yeah. And I think it's like, yes, Jesse is really angry and really hurt, but the thing he hates even more than that 
is having focus on him at all. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he just doesn't want to be the centre of it. Which seems weird that he doesn't want to be the centre of attention, but not that kind of attention. Because he obviously <laughs> yeah. fine if he's standing at the front of a, a wedding ceremony being like the world's most extravagant um, officiator. This is true. <laughs> but even then you're sort of like a facilitator, you know, for other people. I don't know. I just thought it was, I really respect Jesse and I just can't believe the journey that man has had. I That's know. the thing, right? The growth. How he um, greeted Claire when she came in to the mm. dinner party when all the other girls, I mean, we need to talk about Alyssa because that woman yeah. is. That's a little much. Pumped up. Um, when all the girls were like, I'm not even going to greet her. I can't believe this. And even the fact he went over and, you know, like gave her a little, little like hello when Claire was being so frozen out mm. by everyone in the group. Like, it looked like she was going to have a panic attack, you know. Yeah, it was so he's intense. just a nice guy. I also had a revelation. I think he looks a lot like David Farrier. If you did a side-by-side oh, face mash, yes. if you gave him some stubble and cut that hair, just something to think about. Okay. And also both into, like, quite quite heavy music. Some, I assume mm. David's sat in a car and gone... That's just a good scene. I'm sorry. That was great. I'm like, I'm jazzed up because I've got like this awesome riff in my head. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the divide that happened between the girls as well at that, what's it called? The like departure lounge before the dinner party. Um, and they had, you had the blondies. It was like mm, the blondes it was, it and was. the brunettes. <laughs> we haven't seen for a while. And Alyssa was just so, she's so angry, isn't she? So, well, especially given that she's got that sort of prehistory of being the third in a. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I wonder, like, is that why? Is she sort of like coming back or trying to like hit out against what she used to be. I don't know, but you surely you've got to cast that with the brush of I can see that relationships can be complicated and that people mm, can make bad yeah. decisions and that, you know, like they, they surely... allow for humanity. So Nikki had this this theory that uh Lyndall was being set up to be this season's Olivia. You know, ah. like with the way that she was constantly getting into to drama, which I don't think I'd write off, but the, I also thought Alyssa maybe might have might have a shot at that well, position she where she's got this like they both got these beautiful kind of uh, sort of no sharp edges lads and then you see the the level of the vitriol and just how hardcore mean girls that couch became even notwithstanding mm. J- Janelle having every right to be wounded the the sort of level of venom toward Claire and just how unvarnished it was was quite. Chilling and reminded me a little bit of just how because remember Olivia in the early weeks was just mm. this lovely girl next door kind person, of person, and yeah. then you're suddenly like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is Glenn Close shit. Like I also think that um, she's got to be Alyssa's got to be really careful because she is literally married to like the perfect human man. Um, and you're just waiting for your moment. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for my moment. No, but this kind of behaviour is putting sort of her her really super full-on thoughts about how this should be handled, pitting it against him. And just, just, as, just like it did mm, with Jackson, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's also, yeah, exactly, just how it did with Jackson and Olivia. And we saw a little bit of it with um, Lyndall and Cam, but I think in this instance, even more so, Duncan was very reasonable. He was like, look, he was my friend. I absolutely don't endorse him. I do think we should take him to task, but mm-hmm. I want to... I don't, I'm not going to say I'm never going to talk to him again. That is how humans should be. Yeah, totally. And Duncan has shown, you know, when on the, the, during the commitment ceremony, Duncan was the one who first piped up and called out 
uh, Melissa when she was talking about I wanted a man. Yeah. He's like, he's like, well, what is a man? Says the I mean, manliest. This, <laughs> obviously. The manliest man to ever man. But, you know, to have someone, what he kind of represents in terms of, like, yeah. <laughs> masculinity, questioning that was pretty amazing. It's okay if you're not exactly like this. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be more to what's going on with Alyssa because it was just super, super out the gate. And I think they set it up with this, this whole storyline of um, those girls going in super hard, particularly Alyssa. Um, when Janelle told them around her little dining table, there's no way they didn't already have that information when she told them because their, their reactions were very bad acting of like, oh, wow, my God, um, <laughs> considering how fired up they sort of eventually got. Uh, I think this is a whole. This is going to be a whole thing. Yeah, this is a, this is this is part of the problem with the monster of the week format is that we don't really get anything of like all our other couples. I feel like more so this season than ever before. Yeah. I'm like Tani and Ollie. Like, we all want to. We know? all want to watch Tani and Ollie, right? Like a little, <laughs> like a little web series, fifteen minutes a week of Tani and Ollie just like making tea and cracking each other up. Tell me, know? literally, one thing that Leighton and Melinda did this week. Exactly. I didn't write anything. Nothing. I, all I wrote was she looks like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> Which is an absolutely fantastic call. You're right. Yeah. The little clip <laughs> things. Uh, Sandy and Dan. Um, Sandy was sort of a little involved. Dan was very supportive. Sandy's um, like, given that she's got zero experience of relationships, is, I think she's got a level of emotional maturity and is handling a really complex dynamic really well. I think what she does have is really good relationships with her girlfriends and yeah. she's bringing that to the group. I did like um, when she had the information about the kiss before anyone else did, and there was that amazing conversation with Jesse. And he's oh like, my God. And she's like, How are things going? And, and then she's like, You know, um, I'll just say to you, think about the early times, you know, <laughs> and think about the things that you've overcome and just keep that in your mind. And, and remember, like, <laughs> and remember that things were bad. Just remember yeah, yeah. when you find out the thing that you're going to find out real soon. Just remember that things weren't great at that time and things are really good now to focus on that. Such an yeah. incredible speech. <laughs> yeah, I love Sandy. But I'm Same. so concerned. I mean, obviously we've been fooled before about the um, what did you do, Dan, with the, the Harrison and the number situation. But the, the, the big Dan reveal and the teaser throw forward for next week are just – Chilling, chilling. And it felt like it came from him this time. Oh, they hopefully, can't all be good. hopefully he says, I love you. <laughs> I just don't think that there are more than three to five good single men in Australia at any given time. So statistically, we can't get more than sort of two of them on this show at any given time. Ollie, I buy, I buy our voiceover artist. I buy Cam. I think the rest... Who knows? I'm super scared of Duncan. <laughs> Not you. I'm super scared of Duncan. He, what it doesn't make here. any sense what's going on there. I'm also I'm worried about Cam and Taylor. I'm worried about Cam. The rural, the rural connection, and also the siblings were dating kind of a vibe. <laughs> they oh, give gosh. off uh, physically. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. The, the thing with Taylor is like. She's so strong that I feel like, and and obviously I'm I'm not implying anything. Uh, too untoward, I don't think. But the her will, she, she makes Susan Devoy just like look like a like a chill one, you know. Like she's yeah. so intense that even if uh, Cam isn't has no intentions, 
her as a, an external force acting on your relationship can't help but absolutely explode. Oh, God, we've seen much less force of an internal force on other people's relationships cause a lot of hectic drama already, let alone someone like Taylor deciding that that's what they're going to do. If she makes a decision to mess with someone's relationship, she will, whether they like it or not. I mean, basically, like, this has been a pretty perfect season, I think, in terms of the, the good couples are really good and wholesome. Yes, we're not maybe seeing as much of them, but they are not, you know, none of them are boring. The The dramatic bad ones are so complex. We've just had these two new ones drop in who are like real hilarious. And even though it's been kind of an unspeakable amount of drama, it's it's unfolded sequentially in a way that's kind of kept the energy up. And, it, and we're halfway through, but I'm like, this thing just feels like it's got so much potential just to keep blowing up the whole way to the end. He's hoping. I really want Jesse and Claire to work out. I, okay, me too. Um, I was so angry with Claire because of that scene that you talked about mm. where he had been trying to say to her, what happened then? Just tell me what happened. And she was, you know, basically evading the question under the guise of, you know, you're being unreasonable. Mm. I don't have to answer that. You shouldn't have been looking at people's phones. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I think she's handled it really, really well. Agree. I think she was put in a difficult position by Adam, who had been messaging her saying, don't tell anyone, because that immediately then puts her under the pressure not only of, you know, her own relationship, which arguably she had a more defensible um, she was in a more defensible situation and that their relationship had been pretty rubbish. And Jesse had, let's not forget, he was vile to start with. He really, really was. She probably thought she was going home, you know? Um, but then there was Janelle to think about. And if Adam's saying, things are going well with Janelle, don't tell anyone, I don't want you to blow this open. She's got that on her shoulder as well. Something that a lot of people were saying at the dinner party, which bothered me, they were mainly addressing it towards Adam, but they were addressing it in general, was this would never have come out. This wasn't going to come out. But it was because Claire volunteered the information. It didn't just get exposed, you know? Like, they yeah. managed to unexpose it when it nearly got exposed. But at that point in time, she was she just got the guilts. Mm -hmm. And she spoke to Sandy, and Sandy said, you got to speak to... Jesse, and that was all, that was going to happen. So I don't think anyone really acknowledged that she'd done Claire, that. Claire did did an honourable thing after doing two dishonourable things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't like the way all the girls turned on her. You know, it's clear yeah. she's going through hell. You know, why make it so much more difficult for her? You can understand it with Janelle, right? Like she she has every right to to feel however she's feeling, but the way that Linda, in particular, Alyssa could see the like a, a person who they were previously very close with melting, having tried to find their way out of, uh, you know, a, a bad place and just felt nothing. In fact, seemed to almost glory in it, enjoy it. That was yuck. And they would have been the same people who were giving Jesse a really hard time at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then Jesse walked in and they're all over him. And Alyssa going in for that long hug, like being the great Jesse defender. I don't know. Like, you know, in theory... It's right to stick up for the person who's been wronged. But it just it's just not that simple. And Alyssa has just made it very black and white and then gone like to the nth degree on her position. I just yeah. don't feel like it's gonna end well. Anyway. Spectacular show. Thoughts and prayers for Jesse and Claire. Hope they make it through. Can we make a pre prediction about the because I think she's gonna go leave just to to allow him the 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 decision. 
and he's going to go. I think he's going to leave as well, and it breaks my heart. But I, I do. You think they're going to go? I do. I do. I, I, I can't imagine that she would write stay because she knows the the sort of implications of that. The only way they're staying is if he's written stay. Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting that we in the commitment cer- ceremony at the start of the week how they've started overriding Matt's I know. law. That actually <laughs> ruins it though, by the way, because now that you've done that multiple times, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a real mistake. Like I think doing it once I could understand, but doing it a second time I mean, they were both pretty egregious situations. I can imagine a like, you know, uh, yeah, they, they, they were both total nightmares, like psychological torture chamber kind of situations, but still. Historically, if a couple has been made to stay on the show, even though one of them wanted to leave and it really was not going to work, quite often they would leave the next day anyway. Yeah. So I think, you know, you only really stay for a whole week if you feel... Like you want to, you want more TV time. Melissa's crazy. Like I, I started to write, leave, and then scratched out and wrote. Like for what reason? Like that's a classic. That's a trope. It is a trope, but like she's just basically spent such a long time talking about what a wooden, terrible sex giving, like you know, just loser non man here. Like what are you staying for then? Like there is no anyway. Also, prediction. I mean, Caitlin has completely laid the scene for her return yeah. for another wedding. Yes. Where she said, I want to be, I, beautiful line, when she's like, I just want to be someone, someone. I was <sighs> like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And then she said, if I could do it all again, I would, because I deserve love and this man does not deserve me. Yeah. And I was like, welcome writing. back to season 11. Yeah, she was. She basically was like, I'm just putting a note out to the casting directors, ready to go again. Yeah. <laughs> what my else? redemption edit. Yeah, she, she, I mean, she, her writing, every single line, you singled it out last week, but unbelievable. Unbelievable. RIP until next season. I'm <sighs> losing my voice because we've talked so much. So much. What a show. Great shows. We are living in the best of times. <laughs> thank, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Samuel, for looking after the recording edit. Thanks, Alex, for beaming in via. Oh, I'm sorry for all my technological mishaps. If I sound like I'm in a toilet, I know. I wanted Maybe to say. I, I wanted to say beaming in via satellite, but I feel like it's dial-up. It's a tin can of the spring. Don't do it. <laughs> and thank you, Duncan, for being Here. not the other Duncan Just showing up. Because yeah. if you were, I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Cornish. Bye. 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 Kia ora e te iwi. Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.